What's going on, podcast? So for today's episode, we have never before released audio from a past podcast episode. This was our 97th episode with Andrew Wofford, Confidence in the Face of Rejection here. And in this clip, we're going to discuss risk-taking and confidence. I thought it was a really good clip here that can benefit a lot of job seekers about to go into interviews and just looking to network and to put their best foot forward here. Hope you enjoy it. Andrew, I think that's the perfect segue into the concept of taking risks. Please. And I think for a lot of job seekers who are, I don't know, maybe applying for jobs they may not feel qualified for or going out and talking to that person that may be a perfect segue into mm-hmm. the job that they want to get, they may feel like it's a risk they want to take and they may not feel bold or empowered enough to actually do that because... Believe me, man, I've talked with a lot of really shy job seekers, a lot of people who haven't felt that level of confidence that you that resonates in you. Sure. So what are some ways taking risks has been beneficial for your career? And I think people need to hear your um, I think it was a story. It was your Denise story. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you right now. You got to know you got to know yourself. Right. Um, and. And that's been a journey that I've been on my whole life is understanding who I am and how I approach uh, any situation, any given circumstance that is, uh, you know, brought to me. So um, for people who are not, you know, who don't have that that confidence or don't have that uh, that extra gusto to, you know, feel like they can go into any room and really own that room fully. Uh, I really say, like, um, you know, the team is important, right? So who are those people in your life that boost that confidence? Mm -hmm. Who can you go talk to that says, you're a boss. Go own it. Go kill it today. You're going to be amazing. Like, I have those people around me. Right. I know how to tell myself that. But sometimes, you know, when your parents tell you something and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then your cool uncle tells you something. You're like, whoa, (laughs) that's it. And it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's the exact same thing. Sometimes you need to hear it from another source. Okay, that you're awesome and you got to believe it. If you don't believe it, they're going to it's going to be phony from the moment you go in. I mean, this is an acting thing. Right. People are like, oh, man, you're an actor. You must be a good liar. It's such the opposite, man. Our whole goal as an actor or as storytellers is to find the truth. And that's got to be for you as well. If you're going in and you're looking for a job and you feel you're the best for that job, you got to believe that. And if you believe that, that energy will come right away. If you think in your head, well, you know what? There are probably better people for this job. Don't go in for that. I'm about to say audition, <laughs> but don't go into yeah, that interview. Yeah, exactly. If you are already self-sabotaging yourself. Yeah, it and is think, like an audition, by the way. It's the perfect parallel. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's like if you're going to go in there and you don't think you're the best for the job, then you're not. Right? It's got to be within yourself. And you can use people to help you believe that. But uh, you got to really believe it for yourself. And... And if you don't, then you got to analyze why. You got to start to. I, I remember I, I wrote down 
before I get into this Denise story, uh, when I was in school, a lot of people from Texas especially was like, oh, you're going into the arts? Good luck, kid. You know? God. I mean, I have literally, I'm a third generation entrepreneur, but uh, almost my entire family's in sales. And so they were like, you're going to be the sales kid. Like, you're the guy. You can go into sales and crush in the sales <laughs> world. And I was like, but I wouldn't be happy. Right, there would be no right. happiness in that for me. Um, and they were like, they were like, oh, okay, well, you know, do do what makes you happy. Okay. So, be- because first of all, it it is a risk for you to even a quote unquote risk, not really, but like in right. your head, you're like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go on a path that wasn't set out for me. Right. Right. And so I wrote down, um, I wrote down on a piece of paper, why don't I deserve this? And I circled it, and then I wrote all the thoughts of why I felt I didn't deserve to be in that either that company or to be to live this lifestyle or this and I just wrote out all those things and it was so funny how few things were on that list <laughs> it's great you know go back to your concept of journaling and writing right? it down yeah There's so it's, few it things it brings you clarity exactly thank you thank you so i then could see those things and i could say okay well let's 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 go talk about these things and then i would literally take those topics up and I would start talking to my friends about why we felt we didn't deserve greatness, right? And then we realized, well, oh, yeah, of, co- we, of course we deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's about how we show up for it, right? Because opportunities are everywhere. And the more you tell the universe what you want, the more the universe is going to conspire to get out of your way to make those things happen. I right? love that, man. Yeah, let's hear the Denise story because I think that's right. that's okay. a great illustration. Yeah, so Denise Woods is a is an amazing mentor of mine. Okay. And she was working heavily in the film to film industry as a speech, dialect, and acting coach. Uh going as far back and she was also working as the speech the head of the speech program at CalArts. So she was my speech teacher. Uh, I saw her two times a week. Um with my class and she was amazing I loved her she's a Juilliard grad my brother's a Juilliard grad we had connections about Juilliard people that we knew we had connections with industry people that we knew we had a lot of connections if anything like I didn't see my teachers as teachers I saw them as colleagues immediately so my I had my friends who were like huh, how do you have those conversations with Denise I'm like uh, <laughs> because she's a human and so am I, I and that. we share similar interests <laughs> right so when she retired, at her retirement party, people were just, like, very happy for her. And, like, you know, they had the teachers were there. They were sad. They were giving her a hug, blah, blah, blah. But this, a lot of the students I saw were just kind of being kind and cordial with her. And I remember getting really serious with her. I remember going up to her and I said, look, I know you're leaving. Uh, and I'm sad about that because I still have years here. Um, and I would, lo- I would have loved for you to be my speech teacher all the way through. Um, so what do I have to do to stay in contact with you? And she said, oh, she goes, Andrew, she goes, you're, you're one of the only people that have, that's asked me that <laughs> at least today. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, this is, yeah. you know, so she goes, uh, you know, she goes, come eat me. I have a studio on sunset. Um, come down to my studio and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. She goes, I go, okay. So I go to her studio first day. 
And she, we, she goes, what do you want? What's like, uh, what do you want to work on? And I said, well, you know, I want to work on some Shakespeare. I want to work on some contemporary monologues. I, I'd love to get your advice on some headshots. Now, mind you, like, she works with, like, Idris Elba. And she has really famous clients and, like, you know, Nicole Kidman. And she, I mean, to name just a few. Gosh, right? yeah, yeah. She's got huge A-list clients, some of which I had interactions with through her. Yeah. Anyways, um, she's great. So I go in on this first day and I say, look, uh, you know, I can't pay your full rate. I just can't, right? Uh, I'm a, you know, a young artist. Uh, I just graduated school. I'm in debt. Like, I want to work with you, but I can't pay this full rate. What's a deal we can make? Well, she goes, well, make me an offer. So, you know, uh, I, I just made her the offer that I felt was best for me. And she goes, well, you know, I can't do that. And I said, well, how about this? I said, what if we could be mutually beneficial for each other? I said, what if you accept my rate and uh, we go into business together? She goes, what do you mean? I go, Denise, I'd like to be your producing partner. I'd like to be somebody who can send you scripts, uh, if I had half the Rolodex that you have now, I'd be a very, very successful person, right? So I said, it, it's a simple, what would take me a hundred steps would take you one step. And I said, I have a lot of a lot of stories that I have come across my desk and uh, that I've come in contact with that I feel you would resonate with. And I feel that people that you are very close with that have hired you many times uh-huh. could also resonate with. So she goes, man, okay. She goes, I like this idea. She goes, okay, we'll do your thing. We'll, I'll give you your rate. We'll do the 10 wow. sessions, you know? Um, and she goes, I expect some scripts on my desk. Yeah. And so I just, over these past five years, we've now been in multiple meetings for multi-million dollar films because she sent one email. Yeah. Right? She sent her the script. She goes, <clears throat> man, it's a great story. And she sent that off. And then that person... You know, got in contact with her. Then we had a conversation. You know what I'm That's saying? amazing. There's, even if, the, you know, to sell a film is one of the hardest things to do because it's one of the highest risk stock, right? It's right. like uh, you could put, you know, I mean, got, people put twenty, you know, $250 million into a film and make a million dollars. They lose $249 million. Yeah. Right? That's a very, that's a common thing. Where maybe not to that drastic nature, but there has definitely been, and I'm thinking of this movie called John Carter, uh, which is a Disney film that costs over $250 million to make and only made pennies. Sure. Right? Uh, so it happens. Um, there's also these movies that, you know, The Joker was just made for uh, 60 some odd million and grossed over a billion dollars. So this industry is that kind of way, right? You never know where the winds are going to come. So, um, I just told her, I said, look, let's just, we, we love each other, right? We have a common love for each other. And she knows um, how much I care about telling stories, you know, that I feel the, this world needs. And so yeah. when I put something on her desk, she knows what that comes with. She yeah. knows the energy and the, um, the love yeah. that I bring to that. And, and she said that to me before, you know, and that's why I think we have such a, a great bond. Did you have that relationship before you went in for that ask initially, or do you feel like that was developed after that time? Man, it definitely got emboldened 
after that time okay. or embedded in the sense that I felt like we had a great relationship. We were always very kind and cordial to each other. Sure. I was also very about my work. Okay. So like when I went into her class, I was prepared. Yeah. I was ready to grow. I was ready to fail. You know, I knew yeah. I wasn't perfect and I knew I needed her to become better. Yeah. Okay. And she knew I needed her to become better. She knew we all needed her to become better. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So the way I conducted myself in that room was the determiner of how we then interacted after that. So, you know, sometimes people, especially job seekers, sometimes you realize you could be out at a bar, right? And the person next to you being kind and cordial and nice to those people all of a sudden can come back and be your saving grace in an interview room. Right. You never know. So the idea that, you know, that I keep repeating that, you know, is an Obama quote um, is be kind and be useful. Yeah. And you'll find the community that you should serve. Yeah. That's that's beautiful, Andrew. And, and knowing that coming from a place of of love and le- thinking less about yourself, I think it makes it so much easier to take risks and so much easier to deal with rejection because, it becomes less about you and less about your ego and more about your mission and right. more about what you're trying to accomplish. And a- I think that's what it comes down to. Yes, absolutely. And every time that I don't get a job that I really wanted, something that really, and I talked about it earlier, the stuff that really hits me hard, uh, the one thing I remind myself of is that there are people all over the world dreaming the same dream that you have, Right. And if somebody else achieved their dream to work for the company that didn't hire you, send that person love. Their dream just came true. Right? It's all timing. Yeah. Your dream will come true. Yeah. You will get a job that makes you feel fulfilled. Right? It's just a matter of time. So often we're in this instant gratification mindset that if we don't get something now or we don't get something quicker than the next person then somehow we are bad or somehow we are uh you know inferior and i can't tell you how many cases i've heard uh you know not only in in the in the arts where it's taken decades to break right you look at a guy like brian cranston who's, you know, is a household name now. I say Brian Cranston on this mic and people hear it and go, I know Brian Cranston, right? Breaking Bad, right? Like Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle was his real like breakout. He was a dad in that show. Mhm. Right? And he was I mean, he has a lot of amazing quotes about perseverance. And the stuff he did to persevere, you know, also if you're looking for perseverance stories, you know, go look at Jim Carrey. Like these are people who have had tough lives and have achieved so much because they have just decided no matter what anybody tells me, I'm going to do what I set out to do. And if you're not with me, it doesn't mean you're against me. It just means that you're not 
on this journey with me. Right. And I send you love. Right. And that doesn't mean you can't jump on this journey anytime. That you're more than welcome. Right? It's like, I can't tell you how many times I have been in a situation where I really needed something out of somebody and they couldn't give it to me in that time. And that was frustrating. Right? But I never once resented them for it. I understood. I found every way to understand. Even certain times where I was like, I really don't understand right now why you can't do this. <laughs> I still, I then had to go back and I'd go back to my paper and I'd say, why wouldn't this person do this thing? Yep. And circle it and I'd give all the answers. Maybe that they gave, maybe that I give, you know, different judgments. And then what I like to do is sometimes I'll take that paper and I'll write all those things out and then I'll just crumple it and throw it away. Right. And those thoughts go on the paper and then go in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need them anymore. They don't serve me. Wow. But people who didn't come through for me in one moment have come through in huge moments other times. If I would have told them to, you know, you know, I was gonna, I'm going to cuss, but I was like, maybe I shouldn't cuss. Um, you know, if you can I do whatever you to, want. I'll just bleep you out. You know, if I told them to get <laughs> yeah. the hell out of here, yeah. right, when, when, I, when they didn't give me something I needed in the moment, instead of saying, it's okay, man, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. That in, innately, I mean, ha- I love, ask I love yourself, that, you know, uh, listeners, ask yourself when you couldn't be there for somebody fully, and then they looked at you and said, it's okay, I love you. A lot of people I know could probably only count that on, you know, barely could count that on one hand. Yeah. Right? Instead, most of the time it's like, oh, you can't do this for me? (laughs) How much I've done for you? Right? They immediately turn it on you, make you feel guilty for not being able to come through on this. And I've just decided that that is not the way I will conduct myself. Yeah. And I can't tell you that how much that energy in the universe has come back come to back me to you. Yeah. in f- big ways. Yeah. When I've made big mistakes or, you know, and, and you do, you make mistakes, right? I've made mistakes where, you know, uh, I, I didn't, uh, I double booked myself and I didn't show up to this one thing. And that person could have, you know, exiled me could have never worked with me again could have said and it would have been perfectly fine you know on their end they could have they would have perfect reason to say look andrew didn't show up and this that and the other but instead they've said well it's okay man we totally understand we love you and then that emboldens me to go man i gotta uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna make a phone call for them you know oh man i like i have a friend who's you know selling solar right now Right. And he took a while to like really uh, get his first sale and do his first thing. And now he's killing it. Right. And uh, I just told him, I said, man, I love you. Look, I'll make a phone call for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Anytime that I feel like when my friends who support me and who who love me and who are killing it uh, need my help in any way, I feel blessed to be in a situation where I can lend a hand. Yeah. Right. And, and and purely lend a hand from a from a love standpoint instead of from a give me money standpoint. That, that is beautiful, Andrew. And I'll 
I really want to put a nice bow on this at the end of this episode here because there's some really good themes and messages from this. And uh, I love what you said about sending love. I'm just like getting so, I'm just trying to think right now, like how much opportunity there is in my life to improve just from sending love with no ulterior motive. So you've been a great guest so far. And I want to ask you, this is one of my favorite questions to ask guests to close out the show. Sure. But if you could tattoo one encouraging message for Mm. all job seekers, specifically who may be dealing with uh, confidence issues or rejection or those sorts of things, what would that message be? Yeah, it would be a, a, a quote that a voice teacher from CalArts, his name is Rafael Lopez Barantes, and he is a, a dear, dear friend of mine. And he said to me, he said, Andrew, he said, do good and throw it in the sea. And that was in a moment where I wanted to impress that man so much that I my need to impress him was getting in my way of delivering my true value. Mm. Mm. And so often we get in our own way of delivering our true value. And so when he said, do good, and throw it in the sea. Do good and forget about it. Yeah. You know? It's so huge for your mental. It's so powerful. Right? I did everything I possibly could in that interview, right? When you go into those interviews, and I do everything you possibly can to express how you can share and show value with that person, you have no other say. At the end of the day, they have to make a decision. Be happy with what you did. And if you're not happy with what you did, you have to go back to your drawing board. And you got to go and do some more work on yourself. All right, that's the episode here. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, just gets me so hyped up to listen to Andrew talk every time. So, so glad I can get another episode out of this one. I just thought this one had to be shared here. If you want to connect with Andrew, I will put his Instagram in the description. I will also drop the Instagram of the Career Warrior podcast as well. Thanks. Go out and be warriors, and I'll see you next time.